Hi, I'm Josh Shearer and I serve as the lead pastor here at Gawley Uniting Church. I wanted to personally thank you for joining us today. We exist as a church to see lives transformed with the good news of Jesus. Now, I hope this service inspires you. I hope it blesses you. I hope it builds your faith and I hope it gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. If there is anything that we can do to help you, don't be afraid to reach out on social media or email our office. Thanks for joining us again and let's get to the service. Today is actually the fifth session uh, in our apprenticeship series. Uh, and the, the, the topic that uh, I'll be talking about today is called Make It the Best. Perhaps it's, you know, um, you, you've heard people say, you know, yeah, do the best you can and the best of a bad thing and all those sorts of things. So that's basically what I'm on about. We all find ourselves in situations where we believe that we know what is best for us and that we are in control. But sometimes God has other plans for us. But before I start, will you pray with me? Loving God, as we come to hear your word this morning, may they be the words that you have given to me as I have prepared, and may our hearts be opened to what you have to say to us, and may we act accordingly to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. I once heard attributed to Shakespeare, and, and being an ex-teacher and a bit of a mad person about English and liking poetry and all sorts of things like that, I, uh, I heard a proverb, um, even I read it and thought, no, that doesn't sound like Shakespeare at all, it's got nothing to do with him. So when I went to use it for you today, I actually did some research and I found out that it's actually may come from a, a Persian proverb and it goes like this. I cried when I had no shoes, but stopped crying when I saw a man without legs. Life is full of blessings. Sometimes we don't value it. Now, I'd like you to, to hang on to that thought and remember that as I bring you today's Bible reading and, and the explanation as to what's happening when Jeremiah, who was one of the prophets, wrote the letter that he sent to the people in exile. Today's Bible reading, unlike all the others that we've had in this apprenticeship series, is actually from the Old Testament. And it's from Jeremiah 29, verses 1 to 7. It's got quite a lot of history explaining to you where and what it's about to start with. But you, you, it's the last part of the... If you want to fall asleep, fall asleep in the first bit. Don't miss the last bit. That's the important bit. It starts off with, this is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jehoiakim and the Queen Mother, the court officials and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the skilled workers and the craftsmen had gone into exile from Jerusalem. He entrusted the letter to Elisar, son of Shaphan, and to Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, 
sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. So that's it. You know exactly what it's all about. It said, now this is the important bit. This is the important bit. It said, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses, settle down, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So, what is this reading all about? What we have in this chapter is actually communication from Jeremiah, who was in Jerusalem at the time, and he's corresponding with the elders, the priests, and the prophets, and all the people who went into exile in Babylon. He's telling them that God has spoken to him, and he draws their attention to God's intention that his people in Babylon should work, bless and serve the community around them. Not only their own people, but all of those other people out there in the community. Now, so that you've got a slightly clearer idea of what's going on, I'm going to backtrack a little bit and give you a little bit more history and actually tell you what, where, what it is. It was in, this was the year 597 BC. And uh, the Jewish people, as you know, have a history of God coming through for them in times of crisis. So why isn't God here and now saving them from exile, they're saying? God's done it a couple of times before. You know, firstly, when we, we came out of Egypt and and, uh, and that, he, he looked after us. And then, even more, better we, than that, we thought, when, when the Assyrian army invaded us. You know, in fact, the, the Assyrian king had said, no one can deliver you out of the hand of the king of Assyria. Surrender to us now, and we'll let you live. But Hezekiah, who was around at that time, prayed to the Lord and asked for them to be saved. And that very night, an angel of the Lord came and put to death all the men, all the soldiers in the Assyrian army. God had come through. Again, he had saved them. And so when, you know, the Babylonians invade the land and the people are put into exile, naturally they're thinking the same thing. You know, this isn't going to last very long at all. God's going to come through for us like he always does. And they are even told, they're even told by one of their own prophets, and this is recorded in Jeremiah chapter 28, if you want to read up on it, it's rather an interesting story, that in two years, God would break the yoke of the people in Babylon 
and they would be free and able to go back home to their own country. Unfortunately for the people, however, along came this other prophet, this guy called Jeremiah. He comes along and he says to them, no, forget all about it. That guy, that prophet, Hananiah, who told you that you're going home in two years, is a liar. He's a false prophet. Well, of course, Hananiah tries to defend himself and there's a great big argument goes on. As I said, you can read all this in chapter 28. It's really, really interesting. But eventually, Jeremiah is proved to be correct. He is the true prophet and Hananiah actually dies. God sees that he's, he's taken out of the land of Israel. Now, it's immediately after all that great kerfuffle has gone on that we have today's reading. So I ask you what this reading is saying to us. What can we learn from it? And what does it mean when Jeremiah gets up and says to the people, this is what God's told me to tell you, seek the peace and prosperity of the city, that's the city of Babylon, to which I, that is God, have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers you, you too will prosper. In other words, you're there, make the best of a bad thing. I've done this to you, and you, so just do as you're told. Make the best of a bad thing. So if you can remember back to that quote that I started with, and in this case, like the Jews, no matter what the situation, there is always someone worse off than you. So look on the bright side. How? Well, the answer is to honour God. Pray to God. For if you believe in God, even though God's plan isn't always what you might think it should be, God's plan is always best. Make the best of it. Now, let's see how I'm going to fit this into being an apprentice and a disciple of Jesus. If we're going to be successful apprentices of Jesus, we need to rely on Jesus' power, not our own. Jesus and God, their plan for us, although we may not think it, is especially at the time, is always the right one. We may have many talents and abilities, but when we try to succeed completely by ourselves without relying on God's power, we actually limit our success. Our attempts to succeed on our own actually get in the way of what God wants to achieve through us. In any apprenticeship, it's the responsibility of the apprentice to listen and learn from the boss, the one who knows more than what you as the apprentice do. They are the ones with the experience. They've got the know-how. Listen to them and seek to gain for yourself 
from their knowledge and their expertise. Now, just as those in exile were told to seek the peace and prosperity of the city so that they would learn of peace and become prosperous, so you too can be guided by Jesus and what he did when he was here on earth. Now, learning from the boss generally goes okay if what you as the apprentice want to learn is what the boss wants you to learn. Um, and, you know, you've got to be on the same wavelength. But there's always the tendency with apprentices, and just like we are with God, that uh, we reckon that we know better. You know, we mightn't have had much training like an apprentice who believes that he knows that the boss doesn't know everything. And we do exactly, exactly the same thing with God. We believe that we know what is best for us and we don't want to listen. You know, you heard it in the reading. It happened to the Jews in exile. They had a plan. They thought they knew what was best for them, but so did God. God was judging the nation of Judah because of their unfaithfulness. The Babylonians had attacked Jerusalem. They'd taken 3,000 prisoners back to Babylon, including the king, court officials and craftsmen. And the Jews thought and were told that this isn't going to last long. And as I said earlier, they were thinking, well, that's probably right, you know, it isn't supposed to happen to us. We are the chosen people. We're the apple of God's eye. What's going on? And so too we might think that we are doing the right thing by God, doing everything that God wants us to do. Now, as apprentices and disciples of Christ, we too often have our plan for our life. But God has one too. Sometimes they are not the same. God may not place us in exile... But what happens may completely change our life. If you're a follower of Jesus, I'm sure that you can think of a time when this may have actually happened to you. Something happened to you when you thought you had absolutely everything sewn up, knew where you were going, yeah, this is it, this is my life. And God suddenly decided to change your plan. I know I can. There are two distinct occasions in my life where I can really um, remember that I thought Jenny and I had absolutely everything sewn up. We knew exactly what we were doing. We knew where we were going. First one happened about 40 years ago. Jenny came home one day and said, guess what? I'm pregnant. Eight years after Julie had been born, uh, after Kylie had been born, Jenny was pregnant. Well, I remember thinking, why? Why? You know, we've got everything all planned out, God. Jenny's going to go back teaching. We're going to be able to do this. We can travel overseas. Oh, you know, God knew better, didn't he? And he gave us Julie and I'd never be without her. And funnily enough, because of her, We've done all of our overseas travelling and everything. 
It's absolutely unreal. God knew best. He knew what we needed. And I think some of you know that, you know, about 12 months ago, he did exactly the same thing to us. We were about to go on holiday to Norfolk Island and Jenny went to a meeting and somebody said they happened to be moving house. Eight weeks later, when we got back, or we got back from Norfolk Island and eight weeks later, we'd moved house. We were quite happy where we were, we were staying, we had talked about, you know, we're getting older and more feeble and all the rest of it, we've got to do something, but we decided we knew not we do, what we needed to do. But God decided he knew better and he changed us, we moved. And all of it happened, as I say, very, very quickly. And Jeremiah in verse 29, sorry, in Jeremiah chapter 29, if we'd actually read on to verse 11, this is what God tells the Jews. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You may be in that place where you do not know where God is leading you, like even though we thought we were, but God has his plans for you. Be assured of that. And God's plan is always a good one. It's a secure plan, a plan filled with hope. As apprentices of Jesus, if we follow his ways, we can be assured that our lives will not be lived according to some bit of fate, you know, the stars or, or you know, like we're puppets dangling on the end of a string and some, something is pulling the string because God doesn't work that way. As an apprentice, as a disciple of Jesus, through him we know that God is in control of all things, How do we know that? We know it because that's why we pray. We pray to God because we know that God is in control of what we need to do. God sees, he knows, he cares. He protects and provides what we need just when we need it. Another thing we can learn from this reading is like the Jews Jeremiah was writing to, we must not get impatient. As humans, we would like to know what God has in store for us yesterday, not today when it happens. We get impatient. We ask, why? What do you want of me, God? Where are you leading me? I know I do. It's then, being, um, as I said before, I'm someone who likes English, I also like music, as you well know, and I'm reminded of one of my favourite songs. It's a sort of a, a calm-down song when I'm getting myself a little bit uptight, uh, not that that ever happens very often. Uh, I suddenly start to think of this particular song, Be Still and Know that I am God, I am the Lord that strengthens and healeth and guideth thee. 
In other words, if you're getting uptight and can't stand it, just think of something that helps you like I do. Be quiet. Perhaps sit down and think. It's one of the hardest things that as a person we have to try and do. We are prone to want to think and talk. You know, when something goes wrong, we want to carry on and talk about it. To defend ourselves, to justify ourselves, to justify our failures and to condone our feats. We argue with our consciences and believe that we what are doing is right. We're trying to convince ourselves the whole time. Look, God, I know what I'm doing. I've got everything under control. Just leave it to me. If we only stopped and listened and asked God to keep his eyes on us and be near us, which he is doing anyway, but we're not listening, so that we are not distracted by the things of the world that pull our daily lives in all directions, we would be in a much, much better place. God was looking after those people in Jeremiah's prophecy. He was telling them that their lives were not determined by chance or fate or guided by some other force. There was a purpose for being right where they were and it was in their interest to make the best of what they had. And the same applies to us. God puts us into situations where he knows what is best for us. And if we believe in Jesus as our teacher and we are learning from him when we are lost, experiencing failure, confused and bitter and wondering where our life is taking us, we too can hear the word of God giving reassurance and comfort. He said, Jeremiah said to the Jews, build houses, make a home, put in gardens, eat what you grow, marry, have children, work for the country where you are. This is what I've said and this is what's planned for you. It is my will. Now that may not be exactly the same will that's the aim for our life, but we can still relate it to our lives. You are where you are, not by chance, but because of God's and Jesus' great love for you. So be faithful at home, work, school, wherever you are. Acknowledge that God is guiding you and because God is with you, there are plans to take care of you. You will not be abandoned. We know that Jesus said, I am with you always. And as we know, Jesus never abandoned his plans that was laid out for him. He did have doubts, and you can have doubts, but Jesus didn't doubt for a second. He handed over to God and said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But then he also said, thy will be done. 
and the same can apply to us. Jesus believed and accepted his Father's will right to that horrible cross. So in this apprenticeship with Jesus, if times are tough, we need to learn from Jesus. We need to look up and keep looking ahead whatever is happening. It's not going to last forever. The question we need to ask is, until then, what am I doing with the gifts and the opportunities that God has given me? Am I making the best of what my situation is or am I just grumbling and despondent all the time? So often we waste our time wondering what is in the future and what it holds for us that we miss the simple opportunities to become more like Jesus would have us to be. His apprentices and his disciples here in this place. If we are apprenticed to Jesus, like the people in Babylon, when they received the prophecy that God had promised, we do not need to fear what is in store for us and become worried and fretful. Through Jesus, God has it all sewn up. There is a plan, God's plan. It's a loving plan a plan of action that God enables us to fulfill. You see, apprenticeship with Jesus involves doing everything as, Jesus, as if Jesus were doing it. As his apprentice, we say, yes, I will learn to do all the things that Jesus told us to do. That's when we become his students, his apprentice. Through this process, we learn things we never thought about and we build lives that are not just ours, but God's as well. And like the Jews of Jeremiah's day and the way Jesus went about his ministry, our ministry, yours and mine, is intended for the good of everyone, not just the people that are sitting in here this morning, not just the people that we know belong to a church. It's for the good of everyone, beginning with all of those people out there who aren't God's people, showing them that all people, as I said, whether of our belief or not, they too are people of God. In Jeremiah, God's message was work for the good of others. That is the only reliable way to ensure that you are working for your own good and will have peace and prosperity. And Jesus told his disciples the same thing. Help others in need. That's what he was teaching. As, it's his, as his apprentice, it's what we should be learning from him. So... If you're not an apprentice to Jesus but would like to be, feel free to contact the church office. If you already are a disciple but you would, or an apprentice of Jesus but you would like something in your life prayed for, there will be elders down the front here this morning after the service who will be there to pray with you. So will you join me in prayer now? Loving God, 
We have seen how through Scripture you care for your people. There are times when we become impatient and believe that you have forgotten us. We are a willful people who like to be in control and we become frustrated when things don't go as we believe they should. But dear Lord, if we can be still and know that you are God, we can come close to you. The God who through your Son Jesus loves us immeasurably and knows what is best for us. If we trust in you with our decision and in our future and lean on you with all our heart instead of relying on our own imperfect understanding, we will have a much richer and enjoyable life. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.